Let's do it. Yo. Let's go. Hey. Colorful convos, this bigger than radio. Stacking up milestones, it's looking like dominoes. The team be focused all on our goals. Ronaldo came up from Michigan, now we in different time zones. Nico hit my phone, and I told him that it's on. That bullshit I don't condone. Jumping off the top rope, I'm feeling Mysterio. I am too lyrical, bitch, a new walking rhyme zone. Okay. In case they didn't know, my name it be Tesmo. Smooth with the tempo, they screaming out, let's go. Lights, camera, action. I remember being at the bottom, but that's past tense. I remember kicking out ideas and they was laughing. I don't need a gun, cause these words are automatic. Yeah, you now rocking with the best of the best. Sit back, listen up as we invest in the like I say, what's popping? Oh, man. All right. <clears throat> I have to be the most honest with you that I hate how hard it is to do this again. Um, like, but I need to do it. Like I need to get this, I need to get through this one. Like I need to get over it. Um, I need to just say what's happened, talk about it. And, and, and at the end I'll feel a lot better. Um, First of all, I hope you guys are all doing well. It's been a very, very, very long time. Um, not even a long time. It hasn't even been a month yet. But it seems like an eternity since the last time I was like sitting in this chair uh, and recording a podcast. So bear with me. Um, uh, don't really know how this episode's going to go. I just know that like for me to like move forward, I need to do this episode. So <clears throat> if you want to listen, I appreciate you. Uh, last episode I did was August like 15th, I think with Kyle Redman, uh, episode 104 and that weekend after that episode, um, going into that weekend, I left for Louisville, Kentucky, you know, uh, I did a color run, uh, for those of you who know, I do color runs and stuff like that. And I was emceeing and DJing in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it was the last show of the year. So super excited. Uh, not only because, I love doing color runs no matter where I go, but it's the end. It's the last one, which usually means the staff's excited. Everyone's excited. The participants are like extra amped because I'm like hyping the shit out of it that it's the last one. We're like selling stuff for stupid cheap. We're using an insanely amount of color on people. Like I'm dumping boxes on little kids and like literally like we usually do maybe like 10 color throws during color run. Like I'm talking, we're doing like 15, 20, like Every single song is a color throw because we're trying to clear inventory and stuff. So going into that weekend, I was so excited because it was like my end, the fourth year. I couldn't believe it. Like, couldn't believe it's been like four years since I did it, all this shit. And like, I was just so excited. Um, so we do the event. Everything goes well. Allie's actually with me on this one. It's her first one doing the color run with me. So she's there and all that. We have a great time, blah, blah, blah. Sunday morning, we wake up the 22nd, we wake up, um, and we have an early flight leaving back to Salt Lake City from Louisville, so we get to the airport, everything, yada, 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 uh, we're flying, everything goes great, we land in Salt Lake City, and my mom calls me, like, th- like weird, like, as soon as I land, and we're like, je- uh, what's it called, what's the word? taxiing there it is taxiing to the uh gate after landing my mom calls 
and just because like I didn't want to have a conversation on the plane like regardless of what like I was just like I'll call you back in a sec uh we're about to deboard and like her response was just like like call me back with like an exclamation point I was like okay I'll call her back um so we get our bags we're like ubering home um and then Sean Gonzalez if you're familiar he's been on the podcast a few times me and him also have our own podcast that we do and he calls me and like he calls me like we have conversations but like I'll usually know when he's going to call me like if we have to have like a conversation about something and we have to schedule a call or stuff like we'll text and be like hey I'll call you tonight like I'll be expecting his call so he calls me and I'm I right there I'm like okay something's going on okay like Sean what I first my first instinct was that Sean his dad who's of older age who's been in and out of the hospital and stuff like I thought he was calling me to tell me something happened to his dad and ironically enough his dad's name is Joe so I was in the Uber and I literally remember saying to Allie like oh weird Sean's calling me now like I hope something didn't happen to Joe his dad so I, his call goes through. We're in the Uber. I'm like, I'll call him back in a sec. Like, I was so tired. I was so hungry. Like, we had just gotten food. I was like, I just want to eat. Like, I'll call everybody back in a sec. Like, like, let me just, I need to get in a good headspace or something. Like, I don't even know. But then Sean, like, follows up after his call, like, 10, 15 minutes later with a text that reads, like, can't imagine what you're feeling. I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, this is this is big. This is a tough one. Like, I'm here for you. Like, I can't even imagine what you're experiencing. To this point, I don't know anything yet. But that text immediately triggers something in my brain. Like, oh, shit. Something happened within my family. <clears throat> Um, so after I get that text, like, I just go into, like, in, like, panic mode, almost, like, now I'm, like, okay, I need to call these people back, I need to know what's going on. So I call my mom back initially, and it had been almost, like, an hour since she first called when I was getting off the plane. And my cousin Brian answered which, like, immediately, like, put this indescribable pit in my stomach because I was like, why is he answering my mom's phone? Like, that's weird. So my first instinct goes, like, something happened to my mom, and she called me, like, in the, like, she needed something, and I didn't answer, and, like, that's where my line went first. And, um, unfortunately subsequently as bad my um ended up being my stepfather joe edward hay jr had passed away um by a heart attack on his fishing trip in canada and 
like, I mean, kudos to Brian for, like, he had to be the guy to make all those phone calls. Like, he was the first one, one of the first few people who found out via Joe's friends who were in Canada with him when it happened. And I just remember, you know, dropping to my knees and, like, speechless. Like, like just, like, I don't even know how to, like, describe it. Like, and you can't describe it only if you've ever experienced that, like, phone call, that horrible phone call. You know what I'm talking about. And... I didn't really, like, hear any other details, but that was just kind of, like, the first thing I knew and immediately, like, went into a panic. Um, Thankfully, like, one of my mom's, like, really good friends um, is a Delta pilot and, like, immediately, like, called me after I hung up and was like, hey, I need your uh, social security number, your birthday, your full name. Like, I'm going to get you a flight right now, like, to come back to Detroit. And I'm, like... Less than an hour from being home from an airport from doing the color run. So I'm like dead tired. I remember we had we had ordered Wendy's and it was literally on the counter in the bag still when I got the phone call, the initial one. And I remember just like panic eating because I was so hungry. I was like crying. I had to pack. Like I just remember like I don't even like it was just a blur. Like everything changed within a minute. And, like, less than an hour later, I'm in a plane on my way back to Detroit. And I got to tell you, man, like, that plane ride, like, (sighs) that plane ride back here to to Michigan, when you know that you're flying to that at home is the most horrible thing ever the flight itself just felt like it was already a three and a half hour flight but it took it felt like it took eight hours like and I tried to sleep and I couldn't my eyes are just like like I just was like emotionless like no feeling like I didn't even know what to feel and get into Detroit late like 2 33 in the morning I see my mom for the first time. She had been up all day. And I mean, luckily, like we have the greatest like support system you could ask for. Um, my stepdad built a house in Howell. Next door to him, he helped a friend build a house <laughs> next door to him. So his best friend, Bill, who lives right next door, and then two doors down from Bill, lived or lives Joe's sister, Gail. So, like, my mom, from her initial finding out about it, immediately was surrounded by, like, ten people right away. Um, but, you know, like, seeing my mom after, like, hearing that, like, man... That was hard. And then just started everything, you know? Like, he passed away in Canada. 
um, on this fishing trip that he had always gone to. Like, I, I mean, he, he, he's only been, Joe had only been in my life for like 10 years. Um, not 10 years, about like 11 or 12. They've been married for, uh, almost were married for 10 years. They were like about to celebrate their 10 year anniversary. So as long as I've known the guy, he has gone on this, uh, Canadian fishing trip with like him and his buddies, um, to this place called Rocky Island, uh, in Canada in like the fucking outer banks, like no reception, like you are in the middle of nowhere. Um, place called Abbey Island and yeah like he would go every year um and you know last year with the pandemic and everything Canada has been um closed not allowing people in so like for the past 18 months he had been waiting and waiting and waiting um to go on this trip um and he found out you know like the border opened like what was it like August 9th or August 10th, the Canadian boarding open. Like he texted his friend, best friend, Bob and his cousin, Ryan. They're like, Hey, we're going like it just opened. I don't give a shit. We're going. I need to go like almost like, like a child at a candy store or like seeing their favorite artists. Like I need to go. Like he's like, I need to go right now. And <laughs> that motherfucker did like he, he planned it. He got everything ready. He had just like, I think he had just bought this new boat. Like, everything was just, he is so excited to go to Canada um, for the first time in 18 months. And, you know, from what I've, like, heard from Bob and Ryan who were there, it was uh, it was a, uh, a great weekend. Like, they said, like, everything was great. The water was great. The fishing was great. They loved to, like, and catch uh, walleye and pike, and they always had you know competitions for who had these big the biggest fish. And Joe had actually had the biggest fish that weekend. And they said like everything was great, like everything was just good. He was great, like everyone was just having a great time. And um, I guess I think the last day, Sunday, the twenty second, they were there. Uh, they woke up, everything was good. They said they woke up in the morning and uh, had breakfast. They got the boat packed. They got everything ready to go. Um, they were on the boat, getting ready to cast out and start, you know, another day of, of fishing with the boys. And it just happened. And I, I can't even imagine, you know, I mean, kudos to uh, Cousin Ryan and his friend Bob. They did everything they could, um, you know, to be there for him and try to make it as as painless as it could but I mean he was he was gone there on the lake in his boat and as sad as that is for it to end like that like you couldn't write a better ending to the world's saddest book, you know, like if you had a story of this man, um, Joe, who, you know, and went through a lot, uh, he had lost a daughter when he was younger. My stepbrother, Joey lost his sister, Abby had a company, went through financial crises, all this shit, met my mom, brought us in, um, gave us a new life, 
from when my parents divorced, gave us a new life, took us on amazing trips, you know, took us and made us do things that maybe we had would never do if it was just me, my mom, and my little brother. This story about this guy. And if it, at the last page of the book was that, I don't think there's an author that could write a better ending. And if you're into, you know, like signals and the universe telling you things and manifestation and stuff like that, let me tell you, like, the cre- not creepiest, like the craziest thing about all this. Um, so, like I said, my step uh, stepdad, Joe, he would go to this trip all the time, same place, you know. Uh, I guess, like, three, four years ago, they were on this trip. And on his, like, you know, boat finder thing, um, like where you can see, like, the fish and stuff. You know, if you're a fisher guy, you person thinking, you know, what the fuck I'm talking about. Scans the water and tells you where the fish are. But you can, like, pinpoint and shit. And on the map, on that thing, he, like, put a, dropped a pin on this location. Um, that's, like, if w- he was just, like, saying out loud to his friend Bill, um, you know, if like if 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 and when I'm ready to go and I've gone and all that, I want my ashes spread at this pen. He passed away. They say less than a mile, almost half a mile from that pen. Like, I mean, another just like wild loop in this man's story um so if you were to ask him today you know i don't think he would have wanted it a better way um but man i mean that man was uh was an incredible human being um you know, more and more since it's passed, almost, you know, three and a half weeks, almost four weeks now, like, it's really setting in, you know, and, I mean, for us as a family, like, we could not be more taking, taken care of, um, and I say that confidently, um, Joe's family, the Hay family was, and still is, uh, beyond supportive, I mean, Put it in perspective, the amount of food that was brought to my house for me and my family and my cousins and everyone to eat um, and all the love and support and the cookies and the goodies and the messages and, like, it got to a point where it was just, like, truly overwhelming. Like, like thank you guys so much, like, for loving us and caring, but, like, stop feeding us. <laughs> like, it was insane. Like, I'm talking one day, it was, like, KFC – the next day was like catered taco. The next day, bro, I kid you not, my mom's friend in Brighton. Uh, you got to visit this Thai place. I forgot the name of it. It's this Thai food place in Brighton. Um, she brought four, I repeat, four pounds of crab ragoon to my house, along with like a pound of sesame chicken, two pounds of rice, another pound of like egg rolls, like. People were just going above and beyond for us. I gained almost 10 pounds being home. Like, it, 
was insane. But, like, I didn't realize how much it was needed. Like, food really is incredible um, in times of crises, uh, in times of distraction. Like, it really put my mind at ease, you know, stuffing my face with a fried chicken leg and then a crab ragoon and then pizza. God, the amount of pizza we had. Um, but, like, it's been hard. It's been hard. The, this is, like, really kind of, like, the first big, unfortunately, passing in my life that's happened. And it was, you know, magnitude. Like, unfortunately, you know, I had two girls from my high school have passed away and that was, you know, beyond sad. And it still is, um, from a family perspective or someone near and dear close, this was the first time and man, and unfortunately they don't get fucking easier, you know, like there's never, it's never going to be a good one. Like, you know, you're never going to a funeral for a good reason. Um, it's always going to be sad. Um, and there's just a lot, man. It was a lot. Like, the obituaries and the funeral. Like, I mean, we got to talk about the funeral service. Like, first of all, if you're listening and you went, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I saw some people from high school that I, you know, like, I was shocked when I saw them. Like, my buddy Edgar was there. Um, he was D a DJ in Columbus, and now I think he's living out in New York, and was not expecting to see him. I, me and him were super close in high school and when I was, like, freshman in college and stuff, and then I just moved away, you know, and naturally, you know, you just grow and life moves on, And but he just showed up. And, man, like, the, the amount of, like, happiness that it was when I saw him and my friend Lauren in summer, um, just my boys from college, my whole friend group, my guy group, the OGs, as we call ourselves, um, they all showed up dapper down. My friend Andrew um, was wearing Louboutin red bottoms, uh, stunting on every motherfucker there. Um, <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Um, the amount of support that I had really uh, brought an overwhelming, I keep using that word, but like that's really how you describe the situation, like an overwhelming amount of thankfulness for the people that I have in my life. Um, my work here in Salt Lake, from the moment they found out, my property manager uh, didn't even hesitate, texted me and said, don't worry about anything, we got it. Like, And the craziest thing is, like, if you've heard on previous episodes, like, we're in the middle of leasing 400 units, and it's a four-person team. So like, when one person goes down, like, that's huge. And I was gone for two weeks. Now, at one time... Was I ever bothered, text messaged, nothing. Unless it was like a sympathy text, like, I'm so sorry. Like, there was no point where it was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, anxious that I'm here and I'm not working. Like, what if they're, no. Amazing. They sent flowers. People, like, in, not even in my, like, department, location, people in New Orleans, New York that work for my company were texting me, who I've just met via, like, you know, those Zoom meetings that we have. Um... It was, I mean, it really made me feel good about, you know, the people that genuinely care about me and my family and everyone's well-being. And it was, it was beautiful. 
Um, um, but you know, the funeral was a one of a kind type event, you know, um, <laughs> we had it at this place, uh, Santu funeral home, uh, in garden city where Joe's daughter, Abby, um, her service was held as well as Joe's mom, uh, their ser- the service was held there. So, you know, the whole family has, you know, when a death occurs or something, it was there. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, a lovely service. Um, they did a really good job presenting him. Um, and they made, you know, the worst situation as great as they could. Um, speaking of which, like, what kind of fucking job is that, you know? Like, like you never have a good day at work, you know? Like, you, like if you work at a funeral home, like, you never go home and say, like, I had a really good day today. Like, no, like it's a very terrible job, but it needs to be done. And, you know, these people, these poor people, like just dealing with just somberness and just out of style, old furniture all day, you know, like, like it's insane. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to make jokes. All right. I'm trying, right. Trying to get back into the groove of things, you know, um, but I bet you, if you have ever been to a funeral, and unfortunately, guys, as we get older, they're going to become more frequent. Uh, I bet you, if you haven't been to one yet, check out and see if they have a taco truck at the one that you're attending next time. Or if you have been to one, was there a taco truck? Because at this one, there was. Um, if you met my stepdad, uh, if you knew who he was, that man was a partier. You know, like he brought people together to celebrate no matter the occasion, no matter the day, no matter the time. Like Michigan football game, party, you know, promotion, party, uh, holiday, party. Like everything was held at our house and it was always the biggest and best thing that we could do. He always wanted people there. So it only made sense, you know, to write the final part of his story, his with, you know, all his closest friends having a celebration of his life. Um, we had a taco truck that was serving carne asada, al pastor, quesadillas, all this stuff. So good. We had beer, booze. You ever go to a funeral and there's booze? No. There's coolers full of water and drinks and booze and there's music playing and there's tables and chairs laid out and people are laughing and celebrating. And of course, if you were, you know, getting there and you wanted to pay your respects and all that, you would go inside and you can, you know, say your final goodbye and all that, say hello to my family. But if you were, you know, ready to celebrate the life of Mr. Joe Hay, you were going outside to crack a beer and have a taco. Um, because that's what he would have wanted us to do. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. Uh, the one part that did suck, though, um, was the service. Not that the service sucked, but the last part of it did. Uh, see, like I said, this was kind of, you know, my first go around at this thing. So I didn't know. Like, it's obviously already sad, right? I'm already a pretty emotional wreck at this point, you know, by this time. Uh, the funeral service started at 12, uh, it ended at eight. The service started at seven. We're wrapping up the service. People are telling stories as friends as my stepbrother, Joey goes up and gives a lovely speech. My cousin from Argentina, Miranda 
goes up and gives this beautiful speech, you know, like amazing. Okay. I did not know that at the end of a funeral service, everyone who's there comes up and says, you know, pays their final goodbye. And then they say bye to us right then and there. Like, so my stepdad was a very loved man. I shit you not, probably 200, 300 people. Uh, at the service, probably 150, 200 people. They all came down, down the pews, you know, said bye at the casket. And man, did that suck because, like, it was just forced sadness. Like, oh, like, you could not think of a more sad thing to do. Um, they're saying goodbye to their friend, their family member, and then the next person they see is me. They start crying, I start crying, and then it's just a revolving door until everyone's done, and I have no tears left to cry, like the Ariana Grande song. No tears left to cry. Um, so that sucked, but again, in the spirit of Joe Hay, once everyone left you know, the service area, everyone went outside. Again, tell me if you've ever been to a funeral that did this. My mom bought 12, I repeat, 12 fifths of Kirkland tequila, uh, and everyone that was there took a shot together, cheersing him. Um, and they put a little shot glass on his casket inside. Um, and again, just a beautiful, beautiful um, way to remember a an amazing man, um, someone who, like I said earlier, did everything his way took care of us, took care of my mom, especially. And at the end of the day, like that is what I will always remember that man is as someone who took care of himself, his family and his, and my mom, um, my mom, she's doing great or as good as she can be at least, you know, from our phone calls that we have, um, you know, dealing with a bunch of shit that, you know, she never wanted to deal with. Um, but, man, if I could tell you anything, that she is one of the strongest um, people I've ever met in my life. She is the strongest person I've ever met. Like, without fucking thinking twice, you know, helping now with the, the fit business, down-home construction, um, same as my stepbrother, like, and people, everyone around him, everyone's chipping in to help this company because it is one of the biggest and nicest home improvement construction companies in Michigan. Like, and we got to keep that reputation going, you know? So, um, kudos to my mom. Uh, I know that, you know, it's only going to get harder as time goes on. Um, 2022 was a huge milestone year for the family. I'm turning 25. My mom turns 50. Lucas, my little brother turns 21. Um, my mom and Joe, were going to celebrate their 10th anniversary together. Um, so this is a huge bummer, uh, to our family because, uh, this next year was just going to be a lot of fun. There was just going to be a lot of fun things to celebrate. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we're going to be down a person now. Um, but we're still going to make the most of it. And, um, the legacy continues and, um, you know, some words that family and members would say about Joe and what he would say about me is that he was super jealous of my free spirit nature, um, that I just up and packed and moved to Utah. 
Uh, he said that he was jealous and that if he could do, you know, what I was doing when he was my age, he would do it no question. And he was so happy for me um, to be pursuing my passions and putting myself in uncomfortable positions. And I knew he thought that, but like knowing that he told people that <sighs> makes me feel so good. Um, makes me wanting to come back and do this podcast even more. Um, like I said at the beginning, like, man, like, I had not been in this little studio that I'm in for almost three weeks, like, avoiding it. Like, because I, like, I wanted to talk about it, but, like, I love doing this, you know? Like, we were on such a good vibe, a good momentum. We had 100th episode, guest after guest after guest, you know? Like, we were just cruising, you know? And, you know, life changes. Life changed in a blink of an eye in a phone call. Everything stopped. The world stopped. For me, at least. For you, it kept going. But for me and my family, it stopped. And, you know, um, again, thank you to, to anyone who, who helped us, brought us food, um, the Burma family who found me a flight right away, uh, everyone involved that made this horrible, horrible, tragic um sad experience for us as comfortable as we could as they could uh and you know you know like we're gonna be all right life moves on you know life goes on unfortunately things like this happen and um it humbled me it made me realize like dude like your family's everything you know like that's it. Like you have your friends, but if you don't have family, then like, what are you doing? Um, that man, he he was a family guy. He was the family guy. Um, and if I could learn anything to be raise a family and support a family, like like he did us, like my stepbrother Joey said, if I can do anything or at least half of what that guy did, I'll consider myself successful. Because that man did everything. Um, so here's to Joe Hay. Uh, my stepdad. Um, forever. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you to you guys. Um, if you decided to listen to this episode. Thank you. Um, and yeah. We're back. Like at this point. There's going to be a lot of changes happening in my life, you know, um, that I hope to, you know, bring up soon. I have um, Big Bounce America, my first show. I'll talk about on another episode this week. Yes, another episode this week. We're getting back in the grind. Guests are going to be joining us. I'm ready. I'm ready to take life by the horns, you know. You get knocked down, you got to get back up. Um, that's what Joe would want. He would want us all to carry on and do our best, and God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live like Joe, live free, live happy, and have a good time. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you when we see you guys. Peace.